Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet here in the draconian lockdown masked up state of Washington. But I am going to give you guys a little shot in the arm today because we got a great question from a listener. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Washington State was once admired for its public schools, its thriving economy, the safety of our cities, and our raw natural beauty. People wanted to move here. Now, they want to leave. The truth is, the radical left has been chipping away at our great state for a long time. They spent literally the last 30 years dismantling brick by brick the very virtues and values that made Washington State a sought-after place to live and work. The Democrats' assault on public safety through the demonization of police officers trying to do their job is threatening to our peace of mind and to the safety we have long enjoyed in the district. In fact, the disastrous policies of woke bureaucrats have emboldened criminals by allowing them to avoid conviction and incarceration. I've had enough. We can do better. The dream that Martin Luther King had for this country is quickly fading as once again we're focusing more on skin color than on character. Have you had enough? Because the left is just getting started. Our constitutional walls have been breached. Even our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms is being threatened. I've had enough. This must not stand. It's time for a change in leadership. And the only way to combat the bold, hostile takeover of our American way of life is to elect bold leaders who love this country and are willing and ready to fight for her. I'm Heidi St. John, and I'm running for Congress because I know that together we can turn the tide and restore America to the values that have made her the greatest nation on earth. If you've had enough of weak Republican leadership and dangerous Democrats, I invite you to join me in the fight for the soul of America. There's no time to lose, and I'm just getting started. This ad was paid for by friends of Heidi St. John. So thanks for tuning in today. I hope you guys were encouraged by the podcast yesterday. You know, my goal here is always to give you some, you know, a little shot in the arm, give you a boost, give you some encouragement. And sometimes it's hard to do it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, we're, we're living through some just crazy, crazy stuff right now. Uh, but I'm going to spend a little bit of time today uh, giving you guys some encouragement. There are actually some kind of interesting things going on right now. PJ Media reported, by the way, yesterday, if you guys uh, didn't see this, it's completely fascinating. PJ Media reported that there are 15 million, almost 15 million 2020 mail ballots uh, that are yet unaccounted for. They've, they've said that they are, quote, gone unaccounted for. And this was a new report issued by an Indiana-based election integrity group called the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Uh, and quote, this is a quote from PJ Media, in the face of a pandemic, states from across the nation hastily pushed traditionally in-person voters to mail-in ballots, while at the same time trying to learn how to even administer such a scenario. Former Justice Department civil rights attorney and current PJ Media contributor Jay Christian Adams, who's the president of this organization, said the results don't bode well for mail-in voting. Hmm. There's a shocker. So fascinating to watch. Uh, the brief report uh, issued by this organization, I'll link back to it in the show notes today, states that in the 2020 election, there were 14.7 million unknown ballots 
nationwide, as well as 1.1 million undeliverable ballots and 560,814 rejected ballots. And I'm telling you what, uh, let's put it in perspective and note that Joe Biden carried Arizona by a mere 10,457 votes. But Maricopa County, the state's largest county, reportedly sent ballots to 110,092 wrong or outdated addresses. So remember, they're saying there were 14.7 million unknown ballots. So what does unknown mean? Well, the U.S. Election Assistance Commission asks local officials how many ballots were not returned as voted, were undeliverable, or were otherwise, quote, unable to be tracked. The United States Postal Service Inspector General was recently reported that only 13% of mail-in ballots from the 2018 general election used the official tracking system. And so this means that there's a wide variety of things that can happen to a ballot in the, quote, unknown column. You guys, these are things that we should be praying about. Um, I, I have just been praying for the truth to come out because as we're watching the Biden administration, really what can only be described as reckless now, it's just reckless policies. I don't, I'm not really sure what's going on, but I did see that the left is starting to turn on him, which makes me, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's no happiness in this, right? You know, I, I think I posted uh, the other day and my friend Steve shared a post and I, I echoed him and just saying, wow, you know, I mean, this is, this is such a, um, it's such a sad time for us right now in the United States and, and around the world. It's so sad. And we're in the middle of what I would call the longest, saddest, most excruciating and unsatisfying I told you so in the history of the world. And that's just the truth. And we're watching the Biden administration just pushing this country right over a cliff. Uh, in Portland, the cops announced that they were going to uh, sit out a planned Antifa assault. <laughs> and so they did. And then what happens on the streets of Portland? A gunfight. You guys, there are legit, there are pictures taken on the actual streets of actual Portland in Sunday, on Sunday, people hiding behind recycle bins. They're shooting at each other. It's just, I, I'm just, <sighs> anyway, I'm going to link back to some of these articles uh, for you guys to read up on. But what I want you to, today I'm going to, you know, yesterday was Mailbox Monday and I was trying to just encourage you a little bit so I didn't get to my questions. Today I'm going to get to a question from a guy named Peter who said, Heidi, you are talking often about socialism and fascism and communism and all the isms, capitalism. So, so what's the difference? So there's a fair amount of confusion, I think, about the differences between communism and socialism, fascism, and even national socialism, which is what, you know, AOC is, you know, she's like, I'm a, I'm a democratic socialist. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just find, I find it so amusing. But a long time ago, uh, when I was growing up, there was a column by Ann Lander. Some of you guys remember Ann Landers, and I used to read her in the newspaper, just such a smart lady. And she, there, I found a picture of it, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today, but it said, you know, dear Ann, I am an inner city English teacher, and my students are reading George Orwell's 1984. I'm having a difficult time explaining communism, socialism, and fascism without giving a full-blown time-consuming history lesson. I recall that you printed a humorous column some time ago explaining the concept, so would you please print it again? So Ann Landers replied and said, thank you for asking. It's an oldie, but a goodie. Here it is. All right. So if, if you guys are, have never heard this before, it is, it's seriously, it's fantastic. So socialism, and I'll get, we'll go a little deeper into it, but this is 
It's kind of the 35,000 foot view of this. But socialism, you got two cows and you give one cow to your neighbor. Socialism, by the way, assuming that everybody's going to want to give a cow to their neighbor, which is another reason why it never works. Communism, you have two cows, you give both the cows to the government and they might give you some milk. That's communism. In fascism, you have two cows and you give all the milk to the government and then the government sells it and profits off of it. In anarchism, which is what we're seeing in the streets of downtown Portland right now, you get two cows, you keep both the cows, shoot the government agent and steal another cow. (laughs) It would be funny if it wasn't so ridiculous, right? And then capitalism, you have two cows, you sell one cow and buy a bull, and then you create a herd of cows, and then you sell them, and then you retire, and you live off of off of what you made. That's capitalism. She added one more. She called it surrealism. You have two giraffes, and the government makes you take harmonica lessons. Which <laughs> is kind of where we are right now. I'm like, surrealism, that's where we live right now with the masks and the lockdowns and all of it. And uh, I've been telling everybody, I hope you guys are enjoying, you know, this this free uh, trial of communism. So I thought, let's talk about it for just a little bit today because it is, you know, all the isms, you know, socialism, fascism, communism, capitalism. We should talk about what the differences are because we want to be able to explain to our children kind of what we're living through. So communism basically is this idea that everything is kind of dumped into a big pot and a national pot. So, and I mean everything, the land, the people, the factories, um, businesses, it's all collectively owned, which means nobody owns anything. Like, so personally, nobody owns anything. And then you're supposed to be happy about that. So your desk is not your own anymore. Your land is not your own. The government come take it whenever they want to. Uh, and they're going to tell you to be happy about it. And to the extent that the state exists, it's there simply to organize these things and make sure everything runs smoothly. So it's expected to gradually disappear as people get used to the collective way of doing things. And so the communist motto is, quote, you guys ready for this? From each according to his ability to each according to his needs. And people learn uh, quickly that uh, it's best to have no ability and be very needy in a communist society. And the communists, by the way, also, I mean, look and see, when there's a communist takeover and they and they come in, who gets rich and who gets poor? So the, the people at the top of the food chain, they, they're the ones who are making all the money. They're the ones who are, you know, getting all the benefit. Because remember, everything's owned collectively it's really, it's the state that owns them because the state can tell you who, who gets what and when, and then they just want you to be happy about it. And if you're not happy about it, they shoot you. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what happened in uh, Russia not too long ago. Socialism differs a little bit um, because it separates productive enterprise and businesses. So in other words, uh, they, they are going to separate those things from the state, but the state can still retain control and direct the businesses and, uh, and, you know, to its own goals and its own ends. And honestly, that is what I'm seeing happening more and more in the United States. When they say you're essential, you're not essential. When, you know, crazy Governor Inslee says you have to do this. And if you don't do it, uh, school, if you don't do this, I'm going to remove your federal funding from you. This is the state controlling every aspect of your business. Right now they're doing it in the name of a so-called pandemic, right? And so they're using these emergency orders to basically 
usher in socialism. And so in a socialist uh, society, people and everything else are, are still, like communism, collectivized and they're owned by the state. And so this organization is regarded by state agents, especially as it gets around one of the principal disadvantages of communism. So under socialism, if the country is prosperous and the people are happy, then the state takes credit for it, for its wise and benevolent leadership, right? So we, what we have right now uh, in Governor Inslee is an unwise and not benevolent manager. So the governor is supposed to be managing the state. If, on the other hand, things don't go well, and that's where we are now, there's poverty, poverty and shortages and misery, then the businesses get blamed because they didn't properly follow the directives of the enlightened state. And this is where we are right now. You guys have been hearing me talk about the Institute for Excellence in Writing. And if you hadn't had an opportunity to check them out, I'm going to encourage you to do it. Uh, their mission is to equip teachers and teach parents the methods that are going to help their children be successful and competent and confident communicators and thinkers. IEW uses the four language arts, listening, speaking, reading, and writing. And their methods have been proven to be effective for students for all ages and all levels of ability, including those who are gifted have special needs, or are English language learners. Check it out at IEW.com. So we're watching under these ridiculous uh, lockdowns and all the things. And honestly, you guys, at this point, the mask, the whole thing, you know, I've been screaming about this for 15 months. The, the mask doesn't work. The viruses are too, the virus particles are much, much smaller than these cloth masks. And yet here we're doing it. We're teaching our kids, hey, to be subservient to a government that changes its mind all willy nilly whenever it wants to. And then when things don't go right, when the government mandates don't work out, they blame it on the people for not doing what they were supposed to do. Because if you just would have obeyed me, we would be fine. Right? And then the state comes along and accuses the businesses of sabotage. Right. Because, you know, you didn't enforce the mask mandate and you you know, you know didn't close down long enough and therefore blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then you've got, you know, now then they start terminating people. And we're definitely seeing that with this um, with extreme prejudice. Right. They're they're terminating now based on these ridiculous orders from our government. Uh, if you're a state worker or you work for the government, you better get the injection. I'm not even going to call it a vaccine anymore because it isn't one. A doctor came up to me at an event that I did recently and said, please stop calling it a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. He explained to me what vaccines are and what they do. And he's like, this isn't actually that. So we're watching now the so-called enlightened state forcing people to follow their rule or else. So if you don't get the jab, we're going to terminate you. So... There is a clear advantage of socialism over communism, and that's that communism has no one but state leaders to blame. And this is rather inconvenient. Remember, the model of socialism, their motto is, from each according to his ability to each as the state directs. And this is what AOC thinks is awesome. Yes, the state should be in charge of it. Uh, and people quickly learn the advantages of having no ability except the ability to cozy up to the state agents. And that's what happens. And that's what you're seeing business owners do. And someone said to me the other day, you know, well, you know, these these businesses, they have to follow the mandates. Otherwise, they, they have to close. When are the business owners going to start having some courage and say no to the no, 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 no. We're not doing that. 
But instead, what you see is they're cozying up to the state agents. You know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And we are literally ushering in socialism into the United States. It's, it's crazy. Now, let's talk about fascism for just a second. Because, you know, you got Antifa. These are the so-called anti-fascists, which I find <laughs> so amusing. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a, of a, I don't know, a twist, I guess, on socialism. But the fascists like to add state coercion into the mix. So communism and other forms of socialism have been built on the idea that people are going to want to share and work together once they see how amazing it can be if everybody has what they need and nobody's above everybody else, right? This is where equity comes from, also taking us down the road to socialism and eventually communism because they all go to the same place, which I'll talk about in a second. And there's a benevolent state to watch over and care for and protect everybody. But with fascism, everybody recognizes the benefits of sharing and working together for the common good. And then there's going to be peace and love throughout the land or else. Or else we're going to come in like Antifa does and we're going to ride in your streets and we're going to shoot people and we're going to stand in the way of your car and tell you that you can't go this way because we don't like you very much because you're not doing what we wanted you to do. So the motto of fascism could be like, you know, from each according to as much ability as they can muster, slackers will suffer to each according to whatever the state elites don't want for themselves and only as little as necessary to keep the uh, people from rebelling. So you could sort of define it as, you know, keep your head down, don't attract attention, don't show a lot of ability, do as you're told. And if you're not among the elites like Newsom, and this is what this is what you see uh, being practiced around the country right now by these political and social elites who think that they're better than you. This is why uh, Governor Newsom had no trouble going to French Laundry and violating his own ridiculous orders because they they literally think that they're above you. And if you're not part of them, you take whatever you can get and you'd be happy to get it. Uh, it's amazing. I read a quote from a former Soviet bloc country they had a saying that encapsulated it well. Quote, we pretend to work and they pretend to pay us. Mm -hmm. So can you see these things coming in with all the executive orders and how they're crippling our American economy right now and they're crippling our states? And we've got a a horde now of career elites and bureaucrats, many of them who have never run successful businesses. I mean, truly. I I kind of am starting to think if you're going to run for elected office, you should have done something and been successful at it. You should have been a successful business owner. You should have successfully raised a family. You should have been successful at something. But a lot of them aren't. And, you, you know, read the voters pamphlet and you guys will see what I'm talking about. We're in trouble right now because we have allowed this kind of leadership And it really does lead to totalitarianism. You guys need to study Karl Marx. I mean, just study him. Study uh, Mussolini. And some of these crazy people, really, they're just, you know, murderers. But study these guys because we're going to learn a lot. And I hope that you guys are starting to see what's kind of going on because all of these things, communism, socialism, fascism, they're basically the same thing, right? So there's some subtle differences between them. But it's it's me. It's like me asking you, do you want to die uh, by a lethal injection or would you like me to cut your head off? Right. Either way, you're dead. 
And uh, I read this this awesome uh, statement uh, on online, and I'll, I'll share it with you guys today. But he said, "Don't let the process towards dictatorial totalitarian tyranny fool you. In the end, it's tyranny." And we're watching suicide by Democrat happen in the United States right now. And I don't know what they're. I don't. I don't honestly don't know what the ultimate goal is, except for one can only believe that the goal is to is to injure the United States from to the place where we can't recognize it anymore. We are a capitalist country. This is the best form of government that we've ever experienced on the face of the earth because it's in the closest alignment with the laws of truth. It mirrors openness and freedom. It rewards a person for its work, not for what the state who who just deems, you know, I'm I feel benevolent today, so I'm going to give you this thing. And so the next time you guys hear that capitalism has failed you, you might want to get in in there and do your homework. Because if anything has failed, it's socialism. And we're just getting warmed up. The more socialism fails, the more power we lose until finally our new dictator comes and then seizes your property, your rights, and your freedoms. And this is basic history. And all it takes is one generation to forget it. And we're going to experience it all over again. I was just on, and in fact, uh, they're going to come on America's Town Hall with me. I'm going to have some uh, some guests on the show whose families immigrated from Russia. And the examples that they give and the similarities between what happened when Russia was taken over by the communists and what's happening right now in our own country are stark and terrifying. And we need to pay attention. So when they tell you who's essential and who's not, that would be socialism. When they tell you, you have to do, you have to take this injection or we're going to fire you, watch what's happening. You know, we didn't even talk, talk about Marxism. I should probably come back. I know I'm going to run out of time today, but I should probably come back and talk about Marxism. Another one of the isms, you know, Marxism, basically just a violent form of socialism. And a lot of these people believed in uh, population control. I mean, are you guys picking up what I'm putting down? So what is so? What's the answer? Well, one of the things that we're going to do here uh, in the Northwest is I'm I'm hosting a Freedom Rally tomorrow at six o'clock at Philida Park. We've got some wonderful speakers coming. We're going to talk about education freedom. We're going to talk about medical freedom. We're going to talk about parental rights. We live in the most amazing country on the face of the earth, and we have been given our rights by our Constitution, which says that our rights don't come from government; they come from God. And if we don't start living like that and acting like a free people, instead we're acting like a subservient people. And you know what it's going to result in? It's going to result in us becoming slaves to a system. And we, and I can't say it strongly enough. So come out. If you guys are in the area, uh, come out. We're going to have some, uh, some wonderful people there with opportunities for you to get involved, ways that you can move the needle. So it's more than just a rally. Uh, we're going to educate you and give you actual tools that you can use. Uh, I got to tell you, I got a phone call from uh, my niece the other day. She's married to a wonderful uh, young man who is an excellent, excellent nurse, and he loves his career, and they are going to fire him. My niece and her husband just just bought a house. They want to start a family. This is wrong. We should never, ever, ever allow this to happen. And the reason it's happening is because our schools are broken. We have not been educating people about fascism, communism, socialism, Marxism, all of the isms. And we have allowed these people, these socialists in particular, to come into our schools and turn our kids against capitalism and against our country. And we're going to suffer for it, mark my words. And so what we got to do is turn the ship around. It's a big ship. 
<laughs> it's a big ship. And since uh, since we're on the the SS uh, Democrat Titanic right now, we're going to have to band together and bail water as fast as we can and appeal to heaven and be committed to seeing change happen. And we can actually see it. All right. Now, I'm not talking about the kind that the government uh, wants to give you. I'm talking about the real change that comes from citizens becoming engaged, an engaged electorate, an active citizenry who says, no more, not on my watch, not going to let this happen, not going to not gonna play. And that's what needs to happen. All right. I'll come back uh, tomorrow and I'll, we'll talk a little bit about Marxism. I'm going to answer some more of your questions. I've got some wonderful guests coming on the show this week. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. And uh, in the meantime, hang in there. Okay. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Get educated about this country, about the history of this country. Build your own libraries up. Uh, you guys, I've listed you know dozens and dozens of books for you to read and uh, study the Constitution with your children. There are wonderful books out there that explain the Constitution in language that's easy for children to understand. Our kids need to understand that their freedom doesn't come from government. It comes from God. I appreciate you guys listening, and I cannot wait for you to hear from my guest, and I'll be back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.